Hi, this is Meditatio Conversations, and today we are going to talk with Noel Keating, author of the book Meditation with Children, a resource for teachers and parents. The book was launched in Ireland, and the Meditatio Center in London is promoting a book launch on the 6th of March. I have been involved in education here in Ireland for the past 40 years, uh, and I retired in 2012. And about eight years or nine years before that, I had begun, had discovered meditation. I'm very sorry I hadn't discovered it earlier in life, but I found that it had a powerful impact on me. I, I, I noticed as I was beginning to retire that the practice of meditation with children had been taking off in Australia and in the United Kingdom. And I began to investigate that. And I thought because I had had 40 years in the education system here in Ireland, I was well placed to do something about introducing the scheme here. So with a group of others in 2012, we began to investigate and we invited Father Lawrence to come to Ireland and to launch the Meditation with Children project here. So that's that's how that began. So so you first start meditating and because you already used to work in the, in the educational field, you, you connected immediately with Meditation with Children? That's it. Well, not immediately. It was just as I was beginning to retire from my work. Ah. Um, I ended up in a position of uh, education officer. I was supporting principals and deputies and boards of management in primary and secondary schools from the last 10 years of my career. Mm -hmm. And I became keenly aware in my own life of its benefits and how it, it ought to be very helpful and beneficial for children. And then I began to read up on that. Um, and the more I read on it, the more I realized that meditation could be a gift for life for children. So I decided that when I retired, I, I would um, put my, for as long as I had energy and health, I would begin to work in this area. So I, I work reasonably full time now in this area. And having started the project um, and when we had maybe 10 or 15 schools up and running uh, throughout that first year, I decided it was important if I was going to spend a good many years um, working with children, it was important to try to establish the extent to which they really benefited from the practice. Mm -hmm. So rather than simply assume that because others were saying so that it was true, I decided to investigate further. Mm -hmm. So I, I did I did a master's in applied Christian spirituality um, to, to inform myself a little bit better. And as part of that, I did a minor study interviewing a small number of children about their experience of the practice. And, and that filled me with such joy and conviction that not alone did they benefit from the practice at a pragmatic, practical level, but that they got much deeper fruits from the practice, what you might describe as spiritual fruits, uh, a, a very deep flourishing uh, at a very deep level of the human person. And I wanted to investigate that further. So for the past four years, past five years, really, I have completed a PhD where I researched, I spoke to 70 children um, who were participating in uh, the practice of meditation in their schools on a whole school basis uh, to explore those fruits very deeply. And, and that's what led me to my doctorate and what led me to write the book, Meditation with Children, a resource for teachers and parents. So the book is the result of your PhD, but also with all, all your practice, your involvement with meditation with children. 
Yeah, it, it tries to set out the book in a in a, a very accessible way. So whereas the PhD itself was was um, an academic piece of research and followed academic protocols and so on, there's very little of that in the book. Though I mean, people it's hinted at, but the book is a much more accessible account uh, of what meditation is and what it is like for a child to meditate. And I was particularly anxious to give a voice to the child's experience. Because for so long um, in the world of, of religion and spirituality, it was assumed that because children were not particularly well developed cognitively, were just building those skills as they grew up, that they didn't have the capacity for spirituality. Mm. In fact, the truth really is that what they didn't have was the capacity to give a, a clear expression to their spirituality in words. Uh, but children are very deeply spiritual mm. uh, at the deepest level. Giving the voice to children is is, is very important for this. For yes, book, it was very, very important. And there's a whole chapter of the book um, that, that is devoted to exploring in the children's own words how they, they described the benefits and fruits of meditation. Mm -hmm. So the book, the book looks at, I suppose, three things in particular. Number one, it tries to give a description of what it is actually like for a child to meditate. So it, it, it gives what academically is known as a phenomenological description. In other words, it tries in the children's own words to describe what it actually feels like as mm -hmm. they meditate. Uh, but it also then describes in their own words the practical, pragmatic benefits, the, the cognitive, the emotional, the psychological benefits that they feel they gain from it. And then it goes on to describe the deeper spiritual fruits. I can give you some examples of those if you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so that from the, from the practical, um, pragmatic benefits, uh, I summarize what the children say under four key headings. First of all, they said that meditation gets rid of all the drama in their lives. And that is something that is um, like it's something that they found extremely helpful, mm -hmm. that they could be outside in the yard playing at break time uh, and maybe suffer a, a, um, a setback of some kind or be ignored by others or somebody was unkind to them. And when they come back in after break, normally they want to tell the teacher all about their upset and their hurt. But teachers tell me now that when the children come in from the yard, if they meditate after their break, first of all, all of that anxiety dissipates. And that's how the children described it themselves as well. Mm -hmm. They said that meditation for them just gets rid of all the drama mm -hmm. and leads them to a place of calm and relaxation. That was the second uh, key benefit that they described. And the third one surprised me. They said that meditation gives them energy and confidence. I'm not especially surprised, but one might have thought that after meditation, they might be more rested. But in actual fact, they said they felt very energetic. Mm. It was as if they had, had gained energy from the simple practice of meditation. And many of them also said that it made them more confident so that after meditation, they were more likely to put their hand up in class and try and answer whatever question the teacher had asked, whereas before they would have been nervous or afraid of getting it wrong. But somehow, after meditation, they were willing to, to take that risk. 
And, and the fourth benefit that they described was they felt that they made better decisions. Now, they gave some very simple examples that um, if they felt they had been unkind to somebody, they would maybe after meditation realize that more deeply and they would go and apologize to the person. So it's very connected with the change of the behavior with their relationships. That's it. Very much um, affected. Now, and, and again, the way they describe these things to me um, were indirect, if you like. So, I mean, I, I pulled them together in this way. But yes, I think it would be very, very uh, uh, true to say that it had a significant impact on their relationships. It, it had an impact on their understanding um, of, of others. So, for example, a number of them would have said that if they had been hurt by something somebody else had said to them, um, over break time or over lunchtime, they would realize after meditation that in actual fact that person may have been speaking from anger or from upset and they would go to inquire what it was had upset or caused the other person to behave like they did. So they seem to get a, a kind of an innate understanding mm. uh, that other people could suffer from unkindness uh, and, and be led to misbehave. They talked about bullying in the same way. They could understand that if they were bullied or they saw somebody bullying somebody else, that um, somehow the bully wasn't being true to themselves when they engaged in that bullying behavior. I remember last year when you present, you did a presentation at a seminar in Dublin and, and it was present to the Professor Bernard McGain, one of the most you know, important uh, specialists in, in Christian mysticism. He, he, he was impressed with this children's voice, you know, with the, the words. Yes. <coughs> Absolutely. And in particular, the focus for me, whereas I've just described to you the benefits, the real uh, focus for me was to explore as well as I could whether meditation went deeper than that for the children. And um, that's what I now describe in the later part of the book as the fruits of meditation for children. And it was with these in particular that, that Bernard McGinn, Dr. McGinn, was particularly impressed because he found that the way the children gave expression to them mirrored how mystics down through the centuries <clears throat> had described their sense of being united to God through meditation. So perhaps I, if I just spend a minute or two just talking about the fruits of meditation yes, as the yes. children describe them. Mm -hmm. and, and perhaps, bef bef well, let's say that the first fruit that they talked about was that meditation helped them to be themselves. Now, I think that's a very powerful thing mm -hmm. for a child to say. Yes. What does it mean to a child to, to say that they can be themselves? I think it's a very deep, it's a very deep philosophical question mm -hmm. that we all struggle with all of our lives. Yeah. But for a child to actually say that meditation helps them to be themselves and to be true to who they truly are, I think is very important. When I was doing the research, I had to um, try to find an academic definition of spirituality, what it meant to be a, to a child, to be a spiritual person. What I came up with in the end was Thomas Merton's concept of the true self, what Richard Rohr describes the true self as, as who we are in God and who God is in us. But somehow 
no matter what language we use to define it, it is pointing at that divine spark within each person, which is intimately connected to the divine. Mm. Now, it was it was a challenge then to explore with children um, their understanding of spirituality, which I couldn't really do, and, and how meditation impacted on that. So I used what I think is a reasonably innovative method uh, called photo elicitation. And I, I simply used 30 photographs, about A4 size, many of which I had taken myself and others which I simply took from the Internet. Mm-hmm. And they showed a variety of ordinary human situations. So, for example, I had taken a photograph of two girls hugging each other at a break during a choir session. Uh, I had found on the Internet a, an image of a boy pulling his hair out, clearly very frustrated and upset. An image of a traffic jam an image of a, of a beach, almost a bounty bar type image, beautiful beach, coconut trees, beautiful white sand, blue sea, blue sky. Um, similar images of, of wonderful um, paths in through forests, but also images of burnt forests. So just a, a variety of images that somehow capture different aspects of what it means to live in the world today. And the children then were asked to choose three or four images that somehow reminded them of meditation. And when they had picked their four images, then they went through them one by one. And I asked them to describe what they saw in the image and then to, to explain why it was that that image somehow was linked in their mind with meditation. So to go back to the fruit I mentioned that children found meditation helped them to be themselves. One of the images they picked for it would have been of um, tropical fish on a coral reef. Beautiful, colourful fish, you know, as we would all have seen in, in Nemo and, mm. and those cartoons. Um, not many of us have had the opportunity to actually go down to a coral reef and see them for ourselves, but we'd be familiar with the images. And they said, many of them said they chose those images because they were just so bright and colorful and joyful and that meditation made them feel very joyful and very happy. So they made that connection. But they also made comments like just looking at those fish, you can see that they can simply be themselves. They don't have to go to school. There is nothing that they have to do. They can simply be themselves all day long. So I think there was something powerful. Now, admittedly, I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to interpret now what the children are saying um, as indicating within them um, a desire to be more true to who they truly are. This technique that you use, it was kind of trying to show the spiritual fruits in, in, the, in, the, in the book, you say, the human flourishing. Because these yes. are things very difficult to measure, but they are real. So... Uh, through through well, the well, words from the children, you can not prove but indicate that these are re- are real. That is it. I mean, I, I went for a, a qualitative method rather than a quantitative method because you can't measure these things. There's no scale that shows, um, you know, how far along a continuum a child's spirituality has developed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you can get a very clear indication from talking to the children. Um, so I never mentioned the word spirituality to them. Uh, in in the whole of the interview, but but the the photographs elicited from the children um, a connection between their own spirituality and what they experienced in meditation, and somehow how they saw this represented in the images. 
perhaps if I, if I, I, go, I go through the other fruits, that, that first fruit I said was the children found that meditation helped them to be themselves. The second fruit was that it helped them to feel the goodness deep inside. Now, I thought that was a very powerful way for children to describe in very ordinary language that deep connection with the true self, with who they were in God and who God was in them. A number of children um, used examples. I remember one girl in particular talked about um, discovering that goodness was a little bit like discovering a secret garden that she had walked by every day of her life and never knew it was there. And then suddenly one day she discovered it. And, and, and she and, and others described how once that goodness was discovered, that it just seemed to come out, pour out, up out of them, so that they, th that goodness defined them rather than their ego or their worries or their concerns uh, or their desire to be the same as their peers. They realized this was, this was really more indicative of who they truly were. They also went on, the third fruit they said was that meditation made them feel closer to God. And they gave many descriptions of that, sometimes speaking about dreaming about God, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes feeling very close to grandparents or a brother or a sister who had died uh, in, in recent years. And in many cases to a pet whom they had lost, a pet who had died, that they felt in meditation, they felt very close to that. And somehow they weren't able to put words on it particularly well, but somehow they felt closer to God as a result of meditation. And the last fruit that they described was that meditation made them become kinder persons. Uh, and I probably gave an example of that a moment ago when, they, when I said that as a, as a benefit, it helped them to make better decisions. But they said that not alone did they make better decisions for themselves, it made them kinder. And there was a clear understanding, I think, that as they discovered the goodness in themselves, they realized that everybody had this same goodness inside them and therefore that they were intimately connected with one another at a very deep level. And, and the language they use are very inclusive and very open. Absolutely. And um, I mean, I can give you some quotes from the book if you like, but the, the book does give very, very good voice mm -hmm. to the quotes from the children. It was launched in Dublin in December, and it will be launched at the Meditatio Centre in London on the 6th of March. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is available on from Veritas, who are publishers here in Ireland, Veritas Books Online. Um, and it will be available on Kindle. It's mm -hmm. also available on Good News Books, um, the, the online and retail seller in England. Because the modern world is so familiar with mindfulness, secular mindfulness as a practice, that rather than saying that, that from a Christian meditation perspective, we should be decrying mindfulness and focusing on the Christian aspect, it says what I'm proposing instead is that we should be befriending mindfulness, but then telling people that not alone does it give rise to the benefits that mindfulness speaks of, but that it actually has very, very deep spiritual fruits. Mm. Mindfulness isn't able to speak about those spiritual fruits because it was introduced as a secular practice. And it, in, in doing that, it drew a red line, if you like, in the sand, that it, it, it tries to talk about uh, um, all aspects of meditation from a secular 
perspective because it is introduced into the world of health and medicine. Therefore, it can't cross that line. Whereas I believe it, it should be able to find a way. But if it can't find a way, the Christian tradition and other spiritual traditions, other religious traditions and wisdom traditions can help people to see that the practice of meditation goes beyond those practical, pragmatic benefits, that it also has very, very deep spiritual fruits mm -hmm. and that it is possible to find ways of talking about those without using religious jargon necessarily. Mm -hmm. is, is there in the book uh, any part that is more like a practical or kind of? Uh, if a parent want to teach the children or, or in, the, in a parish or, you know. Yes, in, in yes, there are, there are some practical lessons. There are three simple lessons uh, in, in a, a chapter in the book that explain how teachers, parents or grandparents can introduce the practice to children. And the first lesson looks just very simply at introducing it as a straightforward practice um, that has benefits. So it really, the first lesson is simply introducing the practice of meditation, you might say, as a secular practice. The second lesson, the intention then is that the person would meditate for four to six weeks um, every day if possible, but at least in, in, on a whole school basis, that the whole school would meditate at least twice a week more often if possible. And that then after four or six weeks, when the children have some experience of the benefits of meditation in their lives, that the teacher or the parents would talk to the child about, about those benefits in the same way that I have described there in the language of the children, in language that children understand. And then maybe four to six weeks later, when they have been meditating again for another period, uh, that you would return and talk to them about the spiritual fruits. Um, like that is very important that all three lessons would be covered over a, a period of, of a few months and that from then on the emphasis would be put that you know you would parent would talk to the child or the teacher would talk to their class about the spiritual fruits on a regular basis mm. like one of the things I, 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 I refer to in the book is I t try to tease out what distinguishes the secular practice of mindfulness from the practice of Christian meditation. And I take three simple examples. In terms of intention, particularly, I say that mindfulness as a secular practice is essentially person-centered. You might say self-centered, but that can sound perhaps negative, and I don't yeah. mean to be derogatory in saying that. Uh, it simply means that the person undertakes it for their own um, betterment, their emotional or psychological betterment. That's that's their intention when they take it up, first of all. Uh, in a practice like Buddhism, which is a spiritual practice, Buddhism is a religion without a god, I would say that the intention is, instead of being person-centered or self-centered, it's other-centered, because it speaks about the importance of meditation for the individual, but also for society as a whole. And then finally, in Christian meditation, or in any faith-based tradition such as Hinduism or Christianity or Islam, um, fr from those perspectives, it is other-centered with a capital O. It is God-centered. From the Christian perspective, we would say that meditation is Christ-centered. Mm -hmm. from, from our tradition, we say that meditation is about being still and know that I am God, as it says in the Psalms. The intention in Christian meditation is to be silent in God's presence. So from a Christian perspective, meditation is really seen as a form of prayer, a silent, imageless, wordless form of prayer.
what what you have learned from the for the children what what they taught you i suppose i have learned that um i i set out to explore what was the child's experience and i have a much stronger sense now of what it is like for a child to meditate and there is there is a section in the book that describes over five pages in the language of the children what it can be like for a child to meditate i'm not saying that every child would experience every aspect of that but that i have pulled together um what, what various children have said into a single kind of first person narrative so it's written as if it was in the voice of one child but it tries to capture what a lot of children said about their experience of meditation and that is very helpful to hear that voice very important that that the children are given that voice and and i suppose the second big learning for me was that children are, are equally good at describing in their own words what the benefits were and able though i didn't ask them to describe the benefits in in that way i didn't ask them to describe the fruits in that way but indirectly through the photo elicitation i also asked questions like if meditation was a color what color would it be and once they had chosen that color why why do you choose that color and in that way they were pointing towards uh, the benefits and pointing towards the fruits so i mean the real learning for me is that children very much experience the human flourishing as a result of their meditation practice they very definitely gain very deep spiritual insights and they are able in their own way uh, to describe those and i think that's what surprised bernard mcginn is that he was taken aback by how the children used the images to give voice to to how they experienced those deep fruits and he felt that that mirrored in many ways what the mystics would have said over the years and these children would have had no knowledge of the mystics mm. or what the mystics had said yeah i think because the language and the innocence and the the capacity to be simple is very powerful you know in in their language there are many many quotes you know that i i i use for the children that give an example of what the children say i mean for example one child said i think meditation brings out the real me and i don't have to pretend to be someone else i used to want to be like the cool kids in my class instead of being me i wanted to be as pretty as them and to behave like them but when i meditate i can be myself and i accept myself for who i am i can't change anything and i accept that i'm me and i realize it's just really nice to be myself mm. isn't that a powerful thing yeah this is a nice for a child to say Uh, Jason, a 12-year-old, said that the energy he gets from meditation comes from the heart, as if your heart is telling you a good thing. And a lot of the children pointed to the heart when they talked about the fruits of meditation, even physically. Uh, in the in the conversation with me, I could see their hand coming up and touching themselves on the heart as they described th their deepest spiritual. Uh, experience of the practice. Jason um, was a 12-year-old boy who had been meditating for eight years. In fact, he, he was following the, their school had introduced meditation before our project started, and he had been meditating following uh, a form of guided meditation that in which there were lot many periods of silence as well. And he said an absolutely remarkable thing to me as he was leaving me after his second interview he said I, i i don't know how to put this but he said it seems to me that meditation is like a map and your destination is who you really are now i was just dumbfounded <laughs> by that comment 
from a 12 year old. Yeah. I felt if after, if after if I had meditated for 40 years and studied writings on meditation for 40 years and I had come up with that concept that meditation is like a map and your destination is who you really are. I mean, it, it, he was pointing towards Thomas Merton's concept of the true self that we that we, we try to become in our lives who we were created by God to be. Okay, no, so thank you and congratulations for the book. You, you keep informing people you know, how to get the book all around the world, but also, you know, initially now in the UK and in Ireland. So yes. thank you very much. Okay. okay, and I wrote it, as I say, as a resource for teachers and parents. So I hope that it um, proves itself to be a good, solid resource and that many children are introduced to meditation um, as a result of hearing about it or reading it. Um, that, that would give me great joy that, that children would find the fruits of meditation for themselves. And it's a gift for life, something that they once, like learning to ride a bicycle, once you have developed the skill, even if, as often happens with young people, as they approach their teenage years, they begin to question everything they were told and, and they let go often practices like this, but they can return to it in later life. It will be a real gift for life, I hope.